Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman presented by Riverwind Casino, we've got a long interview with Marvin Mims. And that's it. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, January 23rd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of January, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, we are recording this well in advance, Ted, because I'm taking my wife on a baby moon. Ah, look at you. Yeah. Smart man. Smart baby man. two, baby two coming in, in May. And it's like, there's that point where she can't travel and we've got a really busy February and March. And she was like, if we're going to go, we got to go that weekend. So I will be taking her to, I don't, I don't know if she can hear in the house right now. Ooh, I've never been there. Action, huh? I've, I've never, never been, been either. I've never been there. She's never been there. So, you want to make a prediction how this is going to go for me? Hopefully, smoothly. Uh, I think it's going to go fantastic. You guys going to golf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where the uh, Sooners in the desert is. Big horn. Yeah. I yeah. I don't think we're playing there, but we're we're gonna play. Courses gotta, out there look amazing. We got a massage coming to the hotel room, a little mobile massage action. Yeah. Look at you, man. Awesome. That's going to be Do, fun. Doing my best to be a good husband. Man. <laughs> but as a result of that, we're having to record this well in advance because I won't be back until late Sunday night. And we can't miss an episode, man. Nope. Not, not in a time like this. So we were thinking, what can we do? We'll just interview one of the most loved OU wide receivers in quite some time. We figured that would be good. So 
We've got a very long, extensive, we cover a lot of ground with our man Marvin Mims. Ted, I think people are going to like this one. Yeah, no doubt. He's He's got a lot going, man. He, it was a uh, whole career has been fantastic. It was a very, um, um, you know, eventful fall for him. And then, you know, we closed it out with the decision. So we get to take a peek inside all of that stuff. Excellent. All right. Here he is. Here's Marvin Mims. It is our pleasure to be joined by a former Sooners great. How weird is that to hear, man? Marvin Bibbs is in the house. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just been training, enjoying life, chilling. You know, just a mix of all of it. We've we've got a lot, obviously, that we want to cover with you. But let's start with the most recent news. Right, You decided to declare for the NFL draft instead of coming back for your senior year. Just how difficult of a decision was that for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably one of the hardest decisions I've made, you know. Um, probably, like, the most recent hardest decision was just picking what school to go to. I feel like this time, you know, this go-around, this decision was just ten times harder than that, you know. Just uh, all season, you know, hearing about draft projections and all that stuff from the beginning of the year, and it just plays in your mind all season. And then when the time, like, really comes, you just don't really know what you want to do. You know, so that's how kind of how I felt after the last game at Tech. So I was really just undecided until after the bowl game when I had to make a decision. So who had the most influence on that? Because I know you got a bunch of people in your ear. You got family, you got teammates, you got coaches, um, you know, you got your draft grade stuff, uh, perhaps agents, people talking to you. Who'd you kind of lean on the most during that time to try and figure out what it is that exactly you wanted to do? Uh, for the most, I just leaned on really my parents and the coaches, you know, just talk to them about different stuff. You know, um, my parents were basically just telling me, you know, it's your decision. So that kind of helped a little bit. Didn't help much. But, you know, anytime new information popped up, you know, I felt like as if every day new stuff was popping up. I just talked to them about it and just see what they had to say about it. When it because you and I talked before the bowl game uh, about, you know, what what feedback you had gotten from from the NFL draft advisory board and you hadn't gotten your feedback yet did did you get some encouraging news not trying to like put your business out there and say hey you're going to be drafted here 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 but were you pleased with the feedback you got from that process you know yeah I was pleased you know it definitely helped you know we got not just from that one draft projection thing but just like you know scouts and stuff like that and talking to them and being able to get some information from um NFL GMs you know stuff like that you know I just reached out to as many people as possible you know other people that are higher up places um you know not affiliated with the university that also talk to scouts and stuff like that they will talk to them about it too and um you know just kind of brought that all together there's a lot of stuff that pulls you towards the league right it's it's something new it's a new challenge money, uh, just all kinds of opportunity. There's a lot pulling you that way. What were some of the things that were maybe pulling you to stay? Yeah, I mean, that's probably like the easiest thing to answer, honestly, just being so fresh. But, you know, just being in college, you know, being around friends, stuff like that, um, being at OU, really close to home, and just the relationship I have with my teammates this year, which is unlike any other, with the coaching staff too, even though we've only been together for – at that time, maybe a little bit over a year, 
but um, just the impact they've had on my lives, relationships I have with them, you know, it's just kind of hard. Also, like, relationships around Norman, you know, just people I know in the community and all that stuff, you know, just made a really hard decision and really, like, made me want to stay and just, you know, plan another year uh, in the Palace again, you know, going at it against the Big 12, all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's fun, you know, it's stuff you take for granted whenever you're doing it every Saturday, but then you look back, like, right now and think about when it could be over and um, just saying, you know, you didn't really want to end. So this is not something Teddy or I had to deal with, right? We we played – Teddy played his four years. I played my four and a half. And so there was no declaring. There was no, hey, coach, could I talk to you? Can we have a conversation? What What's that like? What, what was that experience like having to go to Coach V and, and let him know, like, hey, I've, I've decided to declare? Like, it, it couldn't have been easy, man. Yeah, I mean, it's stressful. You know, from the moment after the Tech game, I think it was sometime that week, you know, they pulled me in, basically laid down all this information stuff in front of me about, you know, if you want to go to the draft, you want to stay here next year, this is what will happen, this is what will look like, this is what we can do for you. And so it was just real stressful, you know. But um, throughout that whole process, I mean, from the end of the Tech game to the bowl game, I mean, as far as Coach Levy, Coach Venables, you know, Coach Washington, I mean, they didn't really, like, press me on it or ask me all the bunch, like, hey, what are you thinking? Hey, da, 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 this and that, this and that. Um, they didn't really, like, um, just press for an answer, you know, which helped a lot, you know, but I knew they were in, like, a tough position as far as recruiting goes, that just in case I did leave, you know, they need someone else to fill that spot. So, um, you know, it was really hard, but, um, you know, even calling them whenever I did figure it out and made my decision, you know, that was probably the hardest part. But, um, you know, all of them were – real happy for me you know no more upset or tried to make me stay or tried to pitch something else towards the end but they're all happy for me you know they said you're gonna do great things you know just keep being yourself when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply you know what about the season you know I, it was wild you know it was i don't think it was what anyone expected but like as as it played out did that have an influence i mean cuz i know it's hard whenever you're not winning games you're not doing the things you want to do did that have an influence on you to say like maybe like man i'm out of here you know this is this is not what i expected or was it like you know man i really i want to come back and and turn this around, change this around, you know, see this thing through. Did that, like, have any influence one way or the other? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just me sitting, thinking about standing of the year, I mean, it's like, you know, from someone who came in freshman year and won a Big 12 championship, and then last year lost two late games at the end and then missed a Big 12 championship. I mean, this year was something out of the ordinary for sure. And, you know, just not being where we usually are in the Big 12, you know, that hurt a lot. And just, just like, pride prideful type of thing just wanted to come back and you know go against those teams again get another chance at it all that stuff but um you know then start playing like risk and reward just from coming back another year and doing the whole thing all over again and um you know it's just led me to where I am right now you you mentioned that you know the coaches didn't really press you on it right kind of let you take your time to make your decision 
I've got to assume some of your teammates maybe took a different approach. <laughs> what what was that like, you know, with, with Dylan Gabriel coming back, obviously with the relationship you developed with the guys in the re- wide receiver room with Drake Stoops and Anthony was coming mm-hmm. back, Farouk coming back, like all these guys. What was uh, what was the recruitment process like from your teammates? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dylan, he wanted me back. You know, Drake wanted me back. I love playing with Drake. I mean, he's probably my favorite teammate I've had since being at OU for sure, just being on Sherry Field with him. And then Dylan's mom, you know, even every time I'd see her, she recruit me too. Tell me I should come back another year. And, um, you know, Jaleel Farouk even told me, you know, I'd love to play with you again, you know, this and that. Um, just talk about like my leadership and what it's meant to him and stuff like that, you know, which means a lot to me. But then you look at the younger guys in the room and they like ask me what I'm going to do. And, you know, at some point they need their opportunity, you know, their shot. And so, Part of me felt like, you know, if I have an opportunity, you know, this is a good opportunity. I'm in a good place, good, comfortable place. And what's the point of me coming back and risking it all and then ultimately wasting those guys' time and all this stuff. So it's kind of like mixed emotions. Like no one ever said, no, Marvin, I want you to leave, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you know, you can kind of read the room. And, you know, like some guys want to, after a year of not playing as much as they really wanted to, they want to go out there and play ball. I'm probably I'm using myself as an example and it's probably the worst thing to do but you know I I feel like I almost always like my intuition or whatever my my first instinct on what it is that I want to do I uh, it's almost impossible to pull me away from that that's probably a character flaw but mm-hmm. what were there were there moments where you went back and forth or was it kind of seated in there that okay if I get a, you know the the right information here or there I'm going like this is this is what my this is what is is my brain my heart everything is telling me to do yeah I mean uh that's basically where it was I mean it went back and forth but just at one point it's like okay I get this information I'm going just like you said and they got information and then um you know there's always a chance to make things better you know that's like they always tell you, you can come back for another year you know, do this, do that, blah, 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 this and that, but it's like no guarantees. But that was always also in there too. And so that was a big thing. And then I know I wanted to play in the bowl game, you know, finish the season out, take the trip with the guys, have fun, all that stuff. And then just playing in the bowl game with the fans out there and at the end of the game doing the almond water and all that stuff. I mean, it just got like real emotional for me. And it was a point where it's like kind of swaying me back and forth. Like, do I really want to walk away from this? And um, yeah, that's just probably one of the hardest moments that I've had recently just um you know doing that at the end of the game and then walking back to the locker room you know a bunch of seniors and stuff crying and guys hugging each other saying how thankful they are and it's like at that moment you can just kind of know in your head like that's it you know what I mean and um you know it was just really hard did did it make it a little easier I know you guys lost the game but did it make it a little easier that you balled out in the bowl game <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it made it a little bit easier but at the end of the day. I mean, it's just like – it made it better that we were so close, you know, just leading up to the game. I mean, Oklahoma's going against Florida State and everybody's counting us out, you know, just because Florida State's supposed to be this great team, which they are. But um, I feel like we really played well against them. And I made it hurt even worse just because we were literally right there. Would you would you think about the feedback you got? Um, like not, not to go into details on the uh, – like – draft position or anything like that but were you shocked by maybe some things that people liked and maybe some things that they said need work like 
just how did that process go? Yeah, I think it honestly went pretty well. You know, just from me stepping back, looking at myself, looking what I put on film and stuff like that. I mean, a big thing was that I played three years, you know, haven't missed a game. So, were, you know, scouts were saying, you know, there's a lot of film on me. And each year you can definitely see like a my favorite thing is like the physical growth and like the impact, like blocking and stuff like that. You can definitely see on it from me since my freshman year. But, you know, other stuff is just like, you know, oh, he's an undersized guy. And, you know, if I come back to school, I'm not going to grow and be 6'2 or 6'3. You know, so it's that's that stuff like that that can't really be fixed. But at the end of the day, that was pretty much it. You know, what they said, I was pretty content with it. I felt great about it. You know, stuff I put on film, I felt really good about it. You know, um, I mean, it's all there. There's no hiding from tape. So we're going to we're gonna get into your career, especially, you know, kind of what transpired in the 2022 season. But so what are you doing now, right? You, you went from the bowl game, you end up declaring, you make your decision. Walk us through, like, that decision to declare and the process to what you're doing today. Yeah, I mean, the decision to declare, you know, from then on, you know, things started up. Um I had to go. I'm still in for right now. I'm in Frisco, Texas, home for me. And, um, you know, they have a training facility here. Really, honestly, one of the better ones in the country. Um, so I went there, Exos, toured the facility. They're telling me, you know, training starts the next day. So at this time, this is probably maybe the Wednesday after. And so I'm already started training. Um, I'm up there every day, even Saturdays, get Sundays off. But that's basically how my day looks. You know, I got my own apartment now. Uh, right down the street, kind of for my parents. So that's pretty nice. But at the end of the day, man, I'm just, you know, training a lot. I'm not doing school right now, taking the semester off just to focus on training and uh, getting myself right. But um, talk about training, talk about getting on the board, drawing up plays and stuff, uh, practice, interview meetings, all that stuff, just to get ready for the combine. You got any, like, specific things, uh, you know, like maybe – size like weight or numbers that you're shooting for like what are some of the maybe specific goals that you got for for training during this it's not a very long stretch it happens pretty quick yeah for sure uh I think we're on an eight-week program this might be week three yeah this must be week three so uh week three out of eight weeks and honestly we haven't even started running 40s and stuff yet I know some of the guys that got here you know not having bowl games and stuff earlier they ran their 40s, all that stuff, got time, all that stuff. I haven't done that, you know, from the starting point. But we started doing, like, uh, starts and all that stuff and technique and all that. So, you know, um, you know, a big thing about the draft, you know, especially as a receiver is they want to know what you're going to run. So, um, in the 40, I'll be shooting for four threes for sure. You know, that's my that's my goal, you know, preferably low four three, you know. But um, other than that, everything else is pretty much fair game. Is it because think back to Teddy and I going through this process, right? Teddy played in the senior mm-hmm. bowl. I played in the shrine game, got invited to the senior bowl because I played well that week at the shrine game and then did the combine. Like you don't have to worry about the, the senior bowl or any of the all-star stuff, anything like that. Like you can just focus on training. Do you feel like that's a, that's an advantage just being able to be that focused on getting ready to really really show out at the combine? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, just training wise, you know, I don't really have to worry about football in a sense of mine. You know, I just have to worry about 
training, you know, training for the draft and running tests, basically. So I think that's uh, a lot. I like that a lot. You know, a lot of guys are leaving. I think the bowl game or the all-star game, whatever you want to call it, is at the end of January. So guys are getting ready for that. But, um, you know, there's also a plus going to those, just being in front of coaching staffs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I'm happy where my position is. You know, I'm just happy to be able to just focus on the combine and just try to show out when I get there. We'll get you back to the interview. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in better self-comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. All right. Back to the interview. Uh, it's, it's this one's pretty far away, but pro day at OU, um, you know, that's, I think that's always a, you do go to the combine and you're nervous. You have all those interviews and then you go pro day. It's like you're at home and you can relax and cut it loose a little bit. Have you heard anything about that? Like maybe who's throwing or like how pro day may unfold? No, I haven't talked to any, I talked to anybody about it. I have no idea how pro days going to unfold, but um, I went last year, and last year was technically under Coach Venables for the most part. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he planned out the whole thing. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'd assume. But um, I was there last year for pro day, so I kind of know kind of how it works, you know. But um, you know, just like you said, just being at home, being that indoor that I'm used to being in so much and all that stuff. I mean, it's going to be a huge change. But I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited to be able to be back in there at least one more time, you know. It'll be it'll be a lot more fun at pro day if you run low four threes at the combine. Yeah, <laughs> I can. I, I I know that. I know that for a fact. That'll make it a much more fun experience. Yeah, okay, you may it, be wearing a sweatsuit over there, just hanging out. Shaking he, hands. He's gonna be Don't clapping. Yeah. That's all he's gonna be doing. <laughs> guys on for, if you go for plays a four three. Yeah, That's good. but uh, let's get into let's get into the season a little bit. And it's weird. You and you said it earlier. I hear a lot of you guys talk about how tight the team was, right? And, and how much you guys enjoyed being around each other. But you also, you you end up six and seven, right? Mm. Just that, that has to result in like some mixed emotions about the season yeah. as a whole. Like how confusing is it to you that you guys felt as close as you did and you didn't get the results on the field? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard. You know, it's a hard pill to swallow, especially, you know, going through the season and being in the receiver room where it's basically just me, Theo, and Drake. And then you have a lot of young receivers who don't really 
get it or understand it, you know. But um, I, I mean, we all agree that this was the best, you know, team we've had, you know, as far as just being together, all that stuff. When you go talent-wise, I mean, we're not far off from the other teams that I've been a part of personally. But, um, you know, just, you know, we had lost a handful of games by three points, uh, at least less than seven points, seven or less points. And, you know, sometimes things didn't add up or click up. But, I mean, Coach Miller was talked about all year as being a complimentary football team. You know, when the offense is on, defense is on, defense makes a big play, offense goes forward, and there's multiple times, you know, throughout the season where we just didn't have that. You know, we talk about it all the time. And, Sometimes it just never clicked, you know, adding on special teams to that after get a big punt return, kick return, something like that, just being able to score off of it, make points off of it, you know, just keep building momentum. How'd you, um, the offense, like the style is a little bit different um, than what you were used to previously, but man, there's a lot of deep shots. We got, we got a lot of you running down the field, streaking down the field. So like, what was your overall feel of the offense that you guys ran? I loved it. I mean, um, as a receiver, I mean, it's a receiver's dream to play in that offense. Just it creates so many mismatches, you know, just how fast we play, how fast we get the ball lined up, how fast the signal comes in, how fast we get set. I mean, it just really does because the defense doesn't really know how to set up. And, um, you know, going into the games, we'll get a lot of – this year we got a lot of cover one, cover fours, just so we can make it simple on the defense, you know, and they just have to stick to those basic calls. They can't really get into their deep calls just because we're moving so fast and they can't confuse themselves. Kind of – going back to the close knit, but you're not winning games. Like it's the most productive year of your career. So how was it? It was it hard for you to kind of enjoy the personal success you were having in the season, right? With some of the biggest games of your career because you guys were struggling so much as a team. I mean, that couldn't have been easy for you. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely hard. You know, um, there's some moments where I had really big games some of us have games that I won, games that we lost, you know, and it's just like really I just really just throughout the season, it was just a whole bunch of like self-reflecting, like what can I do more, you know, what can the offense do more as a group. Uh, me and Drake, every Sunday we'd go in there. He usually watched the game first and I'd go in right after him just because of treatment time and stuff like that and watch the game. And it's basically like what could the receivers do more, what could we do to just help the team and, um, you know, offensively. And that's just a big question. It's just like, you know, if you're playing good, you're playing bad, teams lose, teams lose, and then you're like, you're playing bad. I mean, you obviously got to play good. Then when you're playing good, it's just like, what more can I do to help the team win? And I feel like that's just a thing that we were kind of stuck at, you know, all season. How frustrating was the OU-Texas game? Because oh you played in, like, two of the craziest games we've seen. And then you played in one. And won that, both of them. And won both <laughs> of them. And then this year's was like, okay, we knew going in, like, this, this is going to be strange. All right. This is going to be without Dylan there, not know what we're going to get. So, like, what was it? What was it like just thinking about how those previous games unfolded and then just how that one got away and then kept slipping away? Just, it was strange. Yeah, I mean, that was probably the toughest game to swallow in my career. You know, just me playing in that game, what I've done in the past in that game, um, me being back home. I mean, there's just so many reasons why I just love playing that game. Uh, 
bunch of players on their team I played against in high school. One of them is one of my closest friends. I played with them in high school. So playing Hopefully Texas, none of them are training there with you at your place in Frisco, are they? <laughs> no, they're not training there. Good. <laughs> so playing Texas is always like a big deal for me. And, you know, just the way the game unfolded. And, um, you know, you knew stuff was going to be different just because we didn't have Dylan out there. But, you know, just the score and it getting out of hand and us not really fighting back and us being stagnant on offense and just my role in the offense that day. I mean, it's just hard. It's a really tough pill to swallow. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it just sucked, you know, just because how much that game means to me. I I can tell you that is the least fun I've ever had at a football game <laughs> in my entire life. I was, and obviously I wasn't playing in it, but I'm way too emotionally invested in the results. And it was, I had never felt like that after a game as a player doing the radio call that I was, I was miserable. I can't imagine how you guys felt, man. That was, I'm sorry you had to go through that, dude. It was brutal. (laughs) I feel like, you know, for you though, I don't think you need to worry about, I feel like that game is like going to evaporate. And like you've got some great memories, like people got yeah. some great memories of you in that game. So that's for you. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. Now, wh- one of the interesting things, and I, and I was kind of just thinking about, you know, your career as a whole and three different wide receiver coaches in three seasons with the amount of continuity that we've seen at OU, like that, that's so strange. Right. And clearly you had the coaching change. Then, then you had the unfortunate situation with coach Gundy. Like how, how difficult was that, you know, having three different voices in that room, three seasons in a row. Yeah. I mean, um, just like you said, it's tough, you know, even adding on to that three different quarterbacks, you know, basically in three seasons. So, um, you know, going back to freshman, sophomore year, I mean, switching back and forth between Coach Gundy, Coach Simmons, I mean, it's a lot of kind of the same thing. You know, they, of course, they're going to have their different teaching points and stuff like that, but just staying in Coach Riley's offense is kind of the same. And then, um, you know, switching over to Coach Washington, uh, junior year. I mean, it's just you learn so much from it at the same time, but it's hard to, like, really detail the stuff you learn just because you have to switch off so much. You know what I'm saying? It's because everybody has like their own way of teaching their own thing and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that's also like a big thing about me coming back. It's just like, I don't, I don't want to have four receiver coaches in four years. You know, that was a big thing I talked about with coach Levy and coach Washington. She's like, that's something I just didn't want to do. What do you think you'll miss the most? Oh, uh, I'll miss the most. That's a great question. We can eliminate some things. You're not going to miss like winter workouts. Nope. Yeah. Not, not going to miss the summer stuff. Not going to miss class. Not going to miss class. <laughs> Definitely not. Class. It just kind of comes down to the teammates, right? In the locker yeah. room. Just hanging out. I probably say like hanging out between meetings, uh, lunches, all that stuff. Just time where you'd actually sit down, chill out, play video games or. Just do whatever with the guys. Ball games are great. Just hanging out. Stuff like little stuff like that. You know, just sitting and talking, getting to know each other. Uh, receiver meetings this past year were great. You know, just getting to learn more about each other. And, uh, you know, being the old guy and the young guys teaching me so much stuff. And just crazy, crazy room this year. But, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that, really little things. You can, you can go as deep as you want on this, but – 
you've you've developed as a vocal leader over your last couple of years, right? I, I remember you as a true freshman, just kind of always smiling, not saying much, kind of a quieter guy. And yeah. then you became a more fiery, kind of passionate vocal guy in your junior year. Like how how challenging was it for you to get out of your comfort zone and, and to grow as a leader and, and like develop that? Cause I, I, I don't think that was kind of like naturally part of your personality. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, in high school, my senior year, I was a real vocal guy, but it's easy being like people you've grown up with people, you know, real well. And then going to freshman year, I mean, I'm like a 160 pound freshman that's coming in. I mean, I just didn't feel like, I mean, we have Creed Humphrey and Ronnie Perkins. And I feel like I just didn't want to say a word at all. Just how scared I was of those guys to say something. I just worried about my own job doing stuff. Right. And then, uh, sophomore year, I know we had Jay Hall, stuff like that. So I always looked at it as like, I don't want to overstep the older guys, you know, that have been here so long and put so much toward the program, and, you know, junior year, um, got B will who really just took, B. Will and Justin Broyles, I mean, they just took it and ran with it. I mean, those are our guys this past year, great leaders. And, um, you know, just being in the receiver room alone. It's the first year we had everybody together. And um, really, it was just me, Drake, and Theo. And, um, you know, none of us really, as vocal guys, you know, Drake, when Drake's pissed off, he'll say some stuff. But other than that, I mean, just the guys relating to younger guys, you know, knowing how it feels since I'm, I'm the one who's been there most recently. Um, you know, that's really where I excelled at this year, just talking to younger guys, getting to know them, you know, getting to learn what I can say and what I can't say to them, you know, kind of knowing why they did this, why they did that, just because I've been a young guy so recently and I just kind of know how things roll. So just being able to relate to them that way, you know, um, they really appreciated that, uh, especially in the receiver room. And then other, you know, outside of the locker room, I mean, in the locker room, other positions, I mean, just getting to know guys, um, you know, just learning where they're from, little things, family, all that stuff, what they like to do, who hangs out with you. I mean, it just goes such a long way, not only in life, but just like in the locker room, you know, workouts and stuff, yelling at people and, um, you know, it's just the way they respond, just because I have a personal, you know, uh, just have, I'm just personal with them. I try to get that way with everybody in the locker room. I just felt like it worked out pretty well this year. We'll give you back to the interview, but first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in orders on a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. 
If you're business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. All right, back to the interview. Who do you see from the younger eyes? It doesn't have to be a wide receiver. It can be anyone on the team that, you know, it's kind of like you. You see a little Marvin Mims in them. They're they're young. They're kind of they're kind of sitting back, kind of waiting their turn a little bit. But you're saying to yourself, now that dude, look out for him in a year, or two, or three. He's going to be something. You see any of those guys walking around? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my favorite guy probably in the receiver room is Gavin Freeman. I love him to death. He's definitely not Marvin Mims though. I mean, that kid is. <laughs> all over the place mentally and just say anything in meetings. Uh, just think about it. It's just hilarious. Love him to death. But uh, Nick Anderson, I mean, a uh, big guy, you know, um, was going to play some ball this year, but um, kind of got held back with uh, reoccurring injuries, stuff like that. Just really didn't get the time he needed to heal just from him wanting to play. And I get it, but um, he's going to be a really good player, you know, just coming in mature, not saying much, you know, having – Rodney there and another brother in the NFL. I'm pretty sure that helped a lot. But um, just the way he approached the game, how smart he is, how he handles his work, all that stuff. I mean, he's going to be a really good player. So there's another guy in that wide receiver room that we're all wondering, like, where was he this season? Mm -hmm. And Jaden Gibson, clearly, like, he, he's got a body type. You see him, you're like, okay, why that guy? why is that guy not on the field? How excited should we be about him? Because I know I, I've seen the emotion just being on the sideline for the games. Like the kid's <laughs> got emotion. He's got passion. He wants to be on the field. What what kind of prevented him from being on the field this season? And, and what, what type of player do you think he can be? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a great player. You know, just a highlight real waiting to happen. Um, you know, he's a really young guy. When you talk about young guys, he's kind of – like what you kind of think about, you know, just a young guy who talks a lot, you know, um, we always joke with him that he's a Florida kid, you know, he talks a lot. He's going to make sure that you feel him he's out there on the field. He's just real young, you know, um, sometimes he'll mess up little things, but he's a really, really smart kid. I mean, photographic memory, when we put in installs, like he'll look at a play, memorize it, swipe to the next play, memorize that, and he'll be good for the rest of the week. Really smart kid, you know, just kind of waiting to get his opportunity. You know, he – Went through some injuries this year, and, um, you know, the way the rotation was with me, Theo, Drake, and Jaleel, you know, he didn't really just see the time. He wanted to out there. Um, played a little bit against TCU. But other than that, I mean, he fought a couple injuries, but um, he's going to be a really good player. You know, I already have it out there on social media, some highlight real catches, fall camp, um, all that stuff. So he's going to be a real good player. You got to see some of the young kids um... – at the bowl game, you know, a couple offensive linemen rolled through there. Uh, Barnes saw Chuck there in the backfield. What do you think the offense is going to be next year? You think they've, they've got a really high ceiling? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the offense has a really, really high ceiling. Um, yeah, DG back there again, you know, making things work. It's going to be great for the offense. Him is familiar with the offense. I mean, you can't put it into words how good he is back there. Offensive linemen, you know, got to be a young group, but that's learned against – Really, some really good guys. Uh, Gavin Sawjug, Javante Barnes. I mean, that's something I'm real excited to watch next year. You know, those two guys, the way they run the ball, just so aggressive. You know, they're going to hit holes, all that stuff, just get vertical. I love it. It was it was great to be out there with them in the bowl game. You know, seeing uh, Javante didn't get as much reps with EG back there, being able to 
get more reps and solidify himself. And then Gavin, you know, just being a smart Chris, someone who didn't play all year literally and just being able to go out there and go for 100 yards and score a touchdown. I mean, that's great for him. Then at receiver, you know, you got Drake Stoops, Mr. Reliable, always going to know what to do, always going to make sure everybody else knows what to do. And then um, you got Jalil Farouk. You know, he's going to take a big step next year as a receiver. You know, a heck of a football player, running back, run over people, all that stuff. I mean, he loves it. Physical guy. Um, outside, I mean, last year behind me had LV, Bunkley Sheldon, someone who's played a lot of ball at Arizona State, transferred in. And, um, you know, a really good player, real good understanding for the game. You know, a lot of production at Arizona State. And then coming back, you got uh, big Austin Sogner, you know, somebody I'm happy to see back and able to play. Um, that's my guy, loving the death. And just to see him back and, you know, to play and do what he wants to do, I mean, it's going to be huge. I mean, I'm really excited for it. So one of the things that I hear from you guys a lot, you, you guys talk about the culture that Venables has built, right? And you touched on it a little bit earlier about, you know, how close the locker room feels now. Like, How different is the culture there now? Like, and how did, you know, kind of how did you deal with that change? Like, how'd you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, him coming in and we had his little, I don't know what they call like the little ceremony coaches have when they come to a new school and we had it indoor and he had that. He had a meeting with us before and he kind of ran down with us how things are going to be. Uh, yeah, Coach Schmitty in there and no one's going to mess with Schmitty. We heard all the stories about him and, um, you know, just him bringing the culture um, after we played Oregon that next winter slash spring. I mean, it was as an older guy, you know, it was hard to get used to. I don't want to say it sucked, but it was just like, it was just difficult because you're supposed to be a leader and you're leading guys and you're leading young guys and you haven't been through it yourself. And like, you know how it is when you're going through something and part of you kind of knows the rhyme and reason for it. But at the other time you don't want to accept it because you just don't like going through it. And that's kind of how it was uh, some parts of the whole year last year. But as far as his culture is, I mean, it's great. You know, it's not, it's really not even about football. It's just about being, Men in general, you know, handling handling your business, you know, going to class when you're supposed to be in class. If not, there will be punishments, you know, showing up to stuff on time, you know, early, at least five minutes early, 10 minutes early, team meetings. I mean, it's just like little things like that that can throw some people far behind and that can, you know, for other people, it's just not a problem at all. You know, it separates a lot, you know, um, just with guys who struggle with time management. I mean, as you said, like, I mean, as you all know, uh, that's a big thing in college, just guys controlling their time and knowing when to be and all that stuff and showing up to class and knowing what they're supposed to do in class. So, I mean, as far as Coach Venable's culture is, I mean, it's really great culture. Um, we really instilled it last year, but it wasn't easy at all. You know, it's hard to go through it. Um, a lot of things that we didn't like as players, a lot of things that we had to adjust to as players, a lot of things that had to be adjusted to as coaches, you know. Um, I feel like it was kind of back and forth, just him adjusting to us and us adjusting to him. And so just for us to get that from get that foundation laid down. I mean, it was great. I honestly loved it, just being a part of it. Um, him talking in front of us every day, just a guy who's just about us, you know, 100% of the time. And, um, you know, he's just real with us. He's honest with us. He's going to tell us how it is. and just not holding anything back. Transition's always the most difficult, all right? Whenever you've got to change whatever that was from the past to what you're going to be doing now, uh, that's always the most difficult. Do you feel like, you feel like there was a point where maybe the team kind of got over the hump and, you know, 
it's never going to be easy. It's it's never mm-hmm. easy. Football's not easy at any level. Uh, but do you feel like maybe everyone kind of started to get it a little bit more as as maybe time wore on? And and how does that that style you think project for the future? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just think about last year. There's different points where because we have like an accountability chart, basically has everything on there: nutrition, school, like football. I want to say. Um, equipment room, weight room, all that stuff, just every aspect of basically being a college athlete. And, um, you know, at first when we went through, there's a lot of dips. Uh, it started getting high, real high, everybody getting on board. Then spring ball starts, you know, you get more responsibilities, starts taking a dip again. Summer, it goes good. Fall camp, it goes good. And then we start the season, it's going good. And it just kind of goes up and down during the season, not like drastically up and down, but just kind of levels off during the season. I feel like that was just, um, you know, just like I said, a lot of getting used to. A lot of getting used to a lot of guys, you know, just figuring it out. A lot of older guys trying to help guys figure it out. Coaches trying to help guys figure it out. But um, I think it was great, you know, just for the future. I mean, guys know exactly what to expect. There's going to be no surprises. Um, I feel like that's a big thing. You know, just like you said, transition is a lot to get used to just because you don't really know what's coming up. You know, like now the guys, they've seen it. They know what's happening. So now they're used to it and just be able to react to it. How different we we'd heard a lot about, and Teddy and I were able to make it out to a couple spring ball practices and and training camp practices, and it looked different, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> but what what was the conversation like between you and your teammates about the change, like in the practice structure, in the hitting, and all that, and like how'd you guys handle that? Yeah, I mean, um, it took a lot of player led meetings, you know, with. Um, you know, JB, B. Will getting up there and just being like, you know, yeah, we're not used to this, but, you know, this is just how it is now. You know, when we get on that practice field, you know, we're just going to have to go after each other. You know, of course, keep each other safe. Nothing extra. You know, sometimes stuff extra will happen. You know, it's just football. But, um, you know, it's just like we got to go at it. We got to do what he wants to do. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, had a couple drills in there that just got real physical, you know, even as a receiver and DBs and stuff going at it. I mean, it's just – but he wanted us to practice the mentality. Um, he wants us to go at Coach Schmitty with his workouts, different mentalities. He wants us to unlock within them. And I feel like it, you know, just being out there definitely um, during that, I mean, it, it definitely translates to the field, I feel like, at least for myself, you know, and in the receiver room. Um, I trained with a guy uh, that we played um, in the Big 12, and, you know, he told me that I don't know what got into all of this year, but it was just y'all are just so much more of a physical team. And, you know, it's just it's little stuff like that, you know, that'll just keep escalating throughout the years as people's bodies come accustomed to it, as your mind come accustomed to it, and they're just used to training how we trained last year and just building on that for years to come. Did Lincoln try to take you to USC when he left? Was he, like, was he trying to drag you along? Did that conversation take place? I think he knew that I wasn't going to go to USC. Gotcha. What re- remember? Cause that was a huge deal around here. Mm. Like who's going to stay, who's going to go. Yeah. Like, clearly when coaches, you know, around the country, they smell blood in the water. Like I, I got to assume that quite a few people reached out one way or another. Right. Definitely. I mean, I had my phone blown up and it was really just like players or people texting this guy and him texting me and all that stuff. Just seeing what I was going to do. And, and it was, that was, that was a tough time. 
and I just seeing what I was going to do. And luckily, you know, we didn't have anything really important to do at that time. I mean, we got Coach Venables, which was great. But I mean, part of that for me, it didn't really like solidify anything just because like he's a defensive guy, you know, hiring Coach Levy was even better. So kind of just led to me staying. But other than that, I mean, it was, had guys texting my phone, telling me I should come here, do this, do that, all types of stuff. Hey, you up? What's up? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's crazy. All right, we'll get you back to the interview. But first. John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They've got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. They also offer commercial vehicles and wheelchair-accessible vans. We are currently working with them on something special to offer our listeners. We'll let you all know as soon as we finalize that. Until then, you can browse, browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceauto.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, back to the interview. So what's your, uh, what's your favorite moment? That you had at OU. Could be a play, could be a game, could be anything that you want it to be. What's the what's the one thing that you think is always gonna stand out? Yeah, um, you know, definitely the Texas catch. I mean, that's just from a universal thing. Anytime my name will be said, anytime OU Texas is brought up, you know, that catch will be brought up, be showed. Um, personally, my favorite game is probably the uh Big 12 championship against Iowa State. I mean, it's just hard to beat that, you know, championship game. Get some hardware. Uh, freshman year, first touchdown against Missouri State for sure. And then playing at TCU, which is basically like home for me and just having my best game of the season at that point, you know, just something that just blew out of water for me. It was probably my favorite moments for sure. I mean, Texas, for so many reasons, um, I Sophomore year, huge moment for me. Um, this junior year, and just I just had all around a good year, you know. Um, towards the end of the season, I mean, catch against Tech, that's great. Um, who else? Baylor, you know, that's usually a tough game offensively for us playing against them. Um, I don't feel like the, the catch against Tech. It's because they lost. I know, if they but, win the game, it's a way bigger deal. But even – it's like it happened and no one, like, recognizes what they just saw. Do you yeah. – have you Honestly, heard that like, from people? Because it just – like, right back on the ball, it was crazy. Yeah. When it happened, I didn't think much of it. Because if I would have just, like, reached my hand out there and just snagged it, then, okay, maybe that's cool. But I kind of, like, tipped it and then caught it and then just tucked it in. And, like, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. So I just ran back and just, you know, got the ball snapped in the next play. 
we were all like, well, hang on, can we go back and talk about what just happened? That was like a blind behind the back, like just guessing where the ball, well, not guessing, I mean, reacting in the moment, but it's just, it's so crazy, but it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it gets the respect it deserves. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it. I don't know. I got, I it's got plays. Be a grower. People are going to, yeah. that's, Everyone's thinking about the loss at the time, but over the years, that's going to be one everyone comes back to. I know it. Yeah, it might be. I mean, it's just just me doing like OU Texas. I mean, nothing's going to beat that on that stage, that score, that time. I mean, it's just it's just tough. Hell, so I've just Teddy, been like, Teddy's still yeah. living off a play he made to OU Texas. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's crazy. <laughs> oh man, that was okay. That now, was amazing though. That's oh, the the it, replay of that. There, that is. I don't know that there's ever been another highlight for OU specifically that is covered at like that perfect of a, of an angle. Like you just don't get yeah. that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's cool. So Marvin, typically on our podcast, we do this thing called call your shot. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing that, we asked listeners for questions for you. Got a lot of submissions of picked a couple of this this one made me laugh, so I'm going to read it to you. This first one comes from Steve Bullard, who says, is it harder to catch balls from a lefty? Because that's what boom soon, 7894626682 on OUScoopers.com thinks. I'll hang up and listen. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's definitely harder catching balls from a lefty. You know, just the way Dylan throws the ball, it's different. than any quarterback I've had in the past, you know, it took a lot of getting used to at first, you know, in a game, it's kind of a whole nother thing just from like reaction time and stuff like that. But I mean, not to, you know, make up an excuse or something, but it's definitely different catching a ball from the lefty. I have to say. Who, who threw the most catchable ball out of those three guys? Cause right. You had Rattler, a Heisman trophy winner. Now Caleb Williams, <laughs> that by the way, that had to be a weird, was that weird watching him win the Heisman trophy? Like I, I assume you're happy for the guy, but it's like, hey, that was my quarterback last year, and now he's winning the yeah. Heisman somewhere else. That had to be a little strange. Yeah, it was definitely strange. You know, it's, what's what's funny is I went to the USC two-lane game, and I was sitting on, like, the USC side. So it was, it was cool. You know, it was great. Um, it was fun. Tulane had that place packed out, though. And, you know, just the way the game went. I mean, it was probably the – I mean, I kept saying, like, it was probably the most – exciting game i've not exciting but just like i don't know what word to use did you just want like, to land to score at the end who where who were you going I, for? I kept going in i mean people kept asking me i just said i just wanted to be a good game and it i was. couldn't perfect have, answer I couldn't have drawn <laughs> it up any like any better at the end just from like how everything went down and uh you know Tulane had the place picked that packed out i mean they're making a bunch of it was fun it was definitely fun yeah well most catchable ball between those three <sighs> it doesn't necessarily mean best quarterback, right? Like yeah, just definitely, it's not the same. Like thing at all. softest arrival, you're like, oh, that's not. Nice. I mean, as far as as far as the most catchable ball, I mean, it has to be Spencer Rattler. Just the way he throws the ball, the touch he has on the ball. the touch he has on the ball, and it's just it's very much different than any quarterback I had. It's just the way he just like kind of just puts it there, and 
I don't know how to explain it, but just, I mean, the other receivers would definitely know, especially those that play with him, but just the way he throws the ball and the softness and all that stuff, I mean, it's just makes it easier to catch for sure. It was good to see him play well at the end of the year for yeah, South Carolina. Yeah. I was, it, was awesome. it was cool to see. Okay, we've got a couple more for you. This one comes from at Sooner Lock, who says, what DB was the biggest trash talker for OU in practices? And he adds, all funny stories welcome. Oh man, uh, it's usually not the best player, you know. It's somehow <laughs> it always works out that way. I've got a guess, and my guess certainly not the best player. So it's uh, let me think. Okay, he's a pretty big trash talker. Well, number one for sure to anybody on the field, it can be to lineman is Justin Broyles. He'll talk the most mess to anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. It all adds up. It is hilarious. It's hilarious. It's just the way he is on the practice field and stuff like that. Uh, close second, DB-wise, would definitely have to be Josh Eaton. Or, I don't know. I just feel like I had such a good relationship with guys that if they smack talk Yeah, to me, you're I a little like too likable. Like, yeah, and fast, like a little like, too likable and a little too fast. It's a bad like combination for trash talk. Or like dead serious. Oh, Justin Burroughs was dead serious. But everyone else, I just couldn't tell if it was messing around or dead serious, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, Justin Burroughs for sure takes the crown on that one. No doubt in my mind. That, that seems about right. That <laughs> seems about right. All right, here's the last question for you. This comes from Grumpy Duel. I don't know. Okay. He says, I know he's got to be thankful for the chance at the NFL, but if that never worked, what else does he see himself doing for a career? So I think he's basically asking, Hey, if like football, wasn't it, what, what would you be doing? Yeah, that's a really good question. I have honestly have zero idea what I'd be doing. Um, yeah, no idea. I mean, I just definitely don't want to have like an office job. You know, just sit in the office all day and look at a computer and stuff like that. I just can't. I feel like I've been too active in my life to just. You're, you're a real estate investor. Yeah, yeah. That's, for that's sure. Commercial real, real estate. That's what I want to get into. Yeah, Use that it. smile to your advantage. Yeah, <laughs> come right. on. Yeah, get into that. But as far as like job, nothing works out. I'm not sure. I mean, not like I'm putting all my money into football, just working out. But I just don't have that figured out yet. You got time, man. You're young. Yeah. And I still I, don't have figured out. I, I don't think you ever do. I, yeah. And I also think you're going to make a lot of money playing football. So that helps. Yeah, you'll be good. Mar, man, we appreciate the time. Uh, wish you the best of luck in the training process at the combine uh, draft. Obviously we'll, we'll try to check in with you after all of that stuff, maybe get you back on to recap how everything went down, but you have been, you've been one of our favorites, man. You're the best. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank y'all. Man, I hope he gets drafted early. I really do. He is he is one of my favorite guys. Like since I've started doing the radio stuff, he's he's one of my favorite guys. Man, he's he's always just been so pleasant to be around. Yeah. No, he's he and he's had a super productive career at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I I ultimately think that he made the right decision, the best decision. Um, and I, I don't even 
think it matters where he gets drafted. Um, I think that he's made the right decision. And I think that as long as he goes to a place that has a good quarterback, which, you know, is, is kind of just luck of the draw. I think he can have a, have a super productive career in the NFL, man. Yeah. And the thing about him is I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him. Coach, teammate, media person, not one. Like I think he's just, he's like impossible not to like, man. And it, clearly it's about your performance on the field when you're being evaluated as a player, but as a locker room guy, I think, I think any NFL team would be happy to have him, man. He's, he's great. Well, you know, as well as I do, you got 90 guys there and it comes down to, um, you know, the final 53. And a lot of times there's a lot of really, really close decisions where you're not exactly sure. And the butthead, gets cut over the locker room guy, the good guy that no one ever says a bad word about every single time. And luckily Marvin's also really fast and talented. So he's, he's probably not going to live at the old bottom of the roster. Like I no, did, man. I think I would, he's gonna be a little more comfortable. And I've tried to think of some, some comps out there of, of who exactly he reminds me of. And I'm not exactly sure. I need to see where the 40 is. You know, if I think that, if he goes out there and blazes a 40, uh, he could. there's a lot of guys that have had real successful careers in the NFL that you can kind of look to and say he's kind of like that. I, I think Tyler Lockett right off the top is is fairly similar in, in his skill set. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And if he can have a Tyler Lockett-type career, he's going to be a rich man. That's right. That's right. Gosh, I hope he does well. I hope he kills at the combine. I hope he gets drafted super high because – He's one of my favorites. All right. Hope, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we, we certainly did. Uh, but on that note, episode 285 in the mm. books, we'll have a new podcast that will drop on Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from three to six on 94, seven, the ref. You can hear me from two to five on Sirius XM big 12 radio channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do. Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Bye.